Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with Paige, my wife and partner in business and in life. And today we're going to talk about magic and make-believe. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic. Before we kick off into this, Let's just get really clear about who is this for and what are we like, what kind of, I guess, perspective change or shift will people experience by listening to this podcast? Yeah, well, I think magic can be used for so many different things and so many different aspects of our reality. So, you know, I'm going to have an open mind for the way that we're positioning this. Uh, But I do think that magic, look, and you might be really turned off by the word magic and we're going to get to why, you know, other ways to interpret it. But basically, listen with great interest to this episode if you're struggling with any emotional things going on in your mind. There are possibly real-world magical solutions for those. Um, if you want to access the, the creative power of magic and want to avoid the more destructive powers of magic, um, I think sure. this is going to be a conversation that um, there's no way we're going to get to all of the things that uh, that there are to talk about with magic. But I think this is going to be a conversation that maybe gets you kicked off in the right direction, maybe gets you pointed in a direction to to do some investigation of your own and perhaps even some practice of your own. So I'm excited to talk about it. What does magic mean to you, Paige? I just love the idea of thinking about magic in practical terms. And so the way I think about magic is that there are these forces or kind of knowledge or skills that are kicking off all the time. And we don't always understand them because they're happening at an unconscious level or a subconscious level. And so one of the examples that I think can make this really clear is some people have a natural aptitude for engaging with people socially and other people don't. And if you're one of those people that it comes naturally to you, there is there are these mechanisms underlying your ability to be highly effective. And because you've never had to explicitly learn them, you don't understand them. They just happen kind of magically. But for those of us who want to develop that skill, it takes looking at like, what are the mechanisms? What are the forces? And once we make them conscious, we can create more um, aptitude, get better results in our reality. So that's how, that's kind of how I think about it. 
magical practices. Yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. a lot about this last night in my preparation for this episode. And, and I think magic, like I would define magic as anything like a power that is greater than ourselves that we attempt to harness or people attempt to harness to uh, exert some sort of control or some sort of change in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's, it's really interesting because, you know, we, we, I think magic, a lot of people are going to hear the word magic and they're going to get really turned off. And I think there's a part of me that gets really turned off when I hear magic too, even though I want to live in like a magical world. I think there's something really interesting and exciting about that. Um, but, you know, there's this idea, I think, that magic stands in conflict with empiricism and with like a rational mind yeah. and rational thought. And I don't personally, I don't think that that's true. And I think that there is a way of of looking at magic, which works perfectly in concert with empiricism and rational mind and a scientific mindset and all of that stuff. And um, and so I like I want I want to invite you if you're one of the people who like kind of throws up in your mouth a little bit at the thought of magic uh, or like uh, at a, oh, I got a conversation around magic. I want to really invite you to um, to open your mind that it's it's possible that magic isn't so magical after all, but it's still quite magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want, I want there to be space for both, that magic can be uh, delightful and beautiful and powerful and mysterious and still be operating according to the physical world, the rules of the physical world. So it's not mm-hmm. like paranormal or supernatural, maybe. Yeah. Um, although maybe supernatural in the sense that our natural day-to-day lives uh, don't recognize it uh, all the time. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was listening to a really cool podcast the other day, actually, on uh, it was on AI and magic and how, um, you know, there's this quote, I, I forget who said it, but um, the quote is something like uh, any sufficiently advanced technology will appear as though magic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really interesting in this world of AI that we have where you like have this black box where you can like have a conversation with a tool essentially but it really feels like i mean something happened in november of last year with ChatGPT, where i think people got access to this thing that started it really felt like magic like you're talking to this machine but you it feels like you're talking to a real person or something like that mm-hmm. and i think that that is like a kind of magic and um the podcast that i was listening to was talking about like apprenticeship and i i started thinking about how you know so much of um, we'd call it magic, but power, access to power, historically has involved like the handing down of uh, some sort of way of looking at the world from one generation to the next, from master to apprentice. And mm-hmm. um, and that it was really important process because if you're going to access like world-changing powers, it seems really important that you have some inkling of what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like an awareness of the implications of what you might be impacting and how it works so that you can be leveraging it with mastery and not inadvertently having other causes that are less than ideal. Is that what you're right. you meaning? Yeah, exactly. Accidentally blowing things up. You know, there's like there's like stories of myths, like, uh, you know, like the story of Prometheus, where Prometheus gave humans fire. And, and if you look at it, fire is kind of the first technology. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's the first thing where it's like, oh, we have this thing and it can be very useful. And, uh, you know, and then here we here we go again with the kind of empiricist 
view of the of the world and the rational way of looking at it. It's like, oh, well, yeah, like I, I understand the principles of fire. Like, oh, it's an exothermic reaction that is happening. But dude, I have no fucking idea how fire works. Actually, and- like it's it's this force that it, like once you get the energy in there somehow now it's like this perpetual motion machine as long as you feed it and it just like keeps growing and it's and and it's both incredibly useful we use fire all the time and it can be incredibly destructive and it's such an obvious thing to see that there is this like there's power in in fire but you but in order to use it for good it's important to be aware of the consequences like what can Mm -hmm. happen when you use it poorly um, and I just like think about like, you know, every Kung Fu movie that I've ever seen where somebody wants to go and learn Kung Fu and become like a really powerful person and they aren't allowed into the temple to learn. You have to wait outside the temple for like three days, you know, with no food and no water in order to kind of supplicate to go into the temple. And I think that there's there's something really important about an initiation phase or period where you earn power. And that's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And I think it's really useful for us to think about this because in a world where there's increasingly uh, available power, it's, I think it's important for us to take on to ourselves the practice of earning the power. Does that make sense? So if I am standing outside the gates of a Kung Fu place and I'm, I'm showing my level of commitment in order to be let in, or I, it's like a necessary part to have like a suffering beforehand. Well, I, I, yeah, it's facing some of the things that are going to be required of you even before you can enter into the the temple. You're already yeah. so demonstrating. Showing, so showing like I can persist despite really uncomfortable circumstances because part of being in the training is experiencing a high degree of discomfort and pain and being able to persevere through it. Yeah, and and persistence is one of the like the mm-hmm. the proving grounds there. Another might be patience. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Um, another might be discipline or focus that you might mm-hmm. be given before you're able to enter into the temple. And I think that there's something mm-hmm. really important about that. Like like I was I was thinking last night about this metaphor of like the spell book. Okay, so you have, you know, choose your your D&D-esque universe, <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have you have like sorcerers or wizards that have these spell books. Okay. Now there's something really cool about the metaphor of the spell book because, you know, it's got the power of the cosmos contained inside it. But if you don't know how to read it, if you don't know how to, you know, do whatever the things are that make those spells happen in the world, it's just a, a, a paperweight. You know, it's, I mean, it's just like a, a book. It has no actual mm-hmm. use in the world unless you understand how it, it's used. Now yeah. imagine each one of those spells instead was a button that you could press and just any old body could walk by and press that button right now what happens to all the power of the universe it becomes dangerous right because the person who's training to be a wizard has to learn what the fundamental forces of the universe are capable of has to become intimately acquainted with the risks associated with touching fire with yeah. touching flood. I'm, I'm thinking about this because I know you have a, a history in the Venusian arts, but the, yeah. and I'm thinking about men who go into study 
to understand how to influence women and then like the pickup arts, right? And then some of them use those powers for like manipulation and actually do quite a lot of harm with that knowledge. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're... I don't know that we're talking necessarily about what you do with the powers, right? Because that's going to be okay. more of like a values conversation. At the end of the day, yeah, okay. you can use fire to cook your meat or you can use fire to kill somebody, right? It's not totally. Yeah. It's not an inherent property of the fire that it's good or bad, yeah. right? Or that it's, you okay. know, values aligned or misaligned or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, but it has both. It has both in it. It's like the force in, in Star Wars. You know, you've got the light side of the force and the dark one of the force, right? The force is just the force, but Jedi's use it for the betterment of humankind and the Sith use it for destruction, right? Greed, envy. And it's like, which emotions are governing them? So I guess like another way of thinking about this might be like a medical doctor. Like there is a high degree of understanding about how the human body works. And if you only have a superficial understanding even though you have great intentions of good and healing people, you might actually do more harm because you don't understand to a sufficient depth what are the inner workings of anatomy and physiology. Yeah, totally. Especially with Western medicine where you have like pills that can, I mean, these pills can do be amazingly life-saving medications. I'm thinking of like a blood thinner, for example. But blood thinners have a significant risk on the other side of it, which is that you can bleed out. You can bleed out internally okay. or externally. You have to be able to recognize what those risks are and mitigate those risks. And that's part of what the responsible practice of, of medicine is, because you can do just okay. as much accidental harm uh, as you can do healing with them. So, totally. yeah, the medicine medicine's a great example. Yeah. So when we're talking about for business owners, what is relevant in this conversation for people who have businesses who are wanting to feel really good about their business, having a beautiful impact, want to have self-belief that they can have the kind of impact that they want. Well, how does magic apply in that context? Yeah. So I the first thing I'm really trying to emphasize in this is the mindset of developing a relationship with of practice with whatever power, whatever type of power you want to have in the world, because you can accidentally access power in the modern day but to be able to use it and master it for, in the, for the purposes that, of change that you want to create in the world, I think it's really important to make the decision in yourself to become the, the master, to do the work to become the master. Um, and I think that's okay. a really important thing. Then there's also like the way that we cast spells, quote unquote, or like I, you, you also had a, a part of this topic was make-believe, which I think okay. is really funny I, I don't know where why did you pick make make believe because it was part of my oh man last night, but. i have so i've been reading will smith's memoir will it's so good but one of the things he talks about is his power of make believe and he kind of has this vision of the world and who he is in the world and what he's capable of doing that is not really it's not reality it's not based in reality and he, there's exactly. this one part of the book He's acting, right? And there's this one part of the book where this executive tells him, I'm so sorry, but the international audiences don't want a black male actor. And Will Smith just looked at him, not offended, but like, how could somebody be so stupid? Because he was absolutely committed that in his world, he's capable of reaching huge audiences. And that this guy is just too stupid to see that. And I think that the, and I just see that as such an infinitely powerful like 
step into a reality where it's make-believe. We, we don't even have access to reality. We have, at best, access to our sense data. And even of that, only the data that we actively have our mind on, right? And so why not just kind of create a magical reality in your mind that aligns with what you want to experience in the world and just like deeply commit to it and show up over and over. And I see that as such a, it's like a mystical power. I don't understand if I opened the hood of how that works. I have some guesses, but like, it's kind of magical. Right. And you can explain why fire works and still have no idea how, like, or you can explain how fire works and I still have no idea why fire works. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this It's really interesting, this language, make-believe, because I don't really think about it. You know, I hear make-believe and I think of kids on a playground playing make-believe. And I don't think of, I think of it as like pretending. I don't really think of the words make-believe, right? It's really interesting, make-believe, to make mm-hmm. someone believe something. And so this is where I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Again, the idea of spells, I think is really useful that you have these spells that we cast, the word abracadabra, um, means literally means so it is spoken so shall it be done abracadabra and i think there's a re- there's really cool clues and you see this all over mythology and you know like uh, in the old in the old and new testament actually so there's an old testament telling of god in the beginning god created and he he names the things and that's and he speaks them into existence and then later on in the book of john you see um you know in the beginning there was the word and the word was with god and the word was god i'm pretty sure that's how the quote goes and, and so there's like this correlation between the uh, the creative power of reality and the spoken word, the word that it gets uttered. And so then you you take this to the extension of what you're talking about with make believe. If you can make someone believe something, then in a sense you have created a spell in the world. And I think actually this, this concept, make believe, this is actually something that gets really sticky for people when they're thinking about sales because people don't want to make someone believe something, mm-hmm. right? I think we don't, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to da 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 like, and I'll hear this language. unethical, yeah. Yeah, and I'll hear this language of like convincing come up a lot with, with people like, oh, you know, I don't, I, it's funny because they'll both say, I don't want to convince people and then accidentally be using language like, and I couldn't convince them to da 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 or whatever. Um, which convincing means with winning, interestingly enough, like the etymology of that. But, but I think what we're really talking about here is because um, it's funny, the word make in our language, it has kind of like two contexts. Well, I'm sure it has lots of contexts, but I can think of kind of two major contexts, which is one, the sense of like creating something. So to create belief would be a sense of the word. And then the other one is like a sense of like forcing something. It's like to make something happen or to make something, which is kind of, it's the similar, we're also creating, but it almost is like this, um, you know, you can't unresistable force. force, irresistible force, yeah. right? Yeah. Like forcing something. And I think, so I hear make believe. And the first context that I hear is like the, the forcing context of like, you're forcing someone mm-hmm. to believe something. And that I could see why people would have ethical qualms with that. Like they wouldn't want to make someone believe something. Right. Okay. But then I like to think because, you know, French does this like faire, the word faire, um, sorry for all you French listeners out there. Sorry for my <laughs> pronunciation. But it, it, it operates differently in French, that word to make or to do, because you'll it, it's very useful. You use the word all over the place as this like to make or to do thing. And um, and so I think like to, to think of like creating belief 
right? Mm-hmm. Is something really interesting. That is something that's very powerful. You know, we're here we are rounding up on on Christmas. And uh, you know, I was thinking about Santa and how here you have a story. Okay. Literally you have a fantasy world like that is like mm-hmm. it's created. It's a story that's created. And then look at the impact that happens in the world. When you have mass cultural belief, look at how literally the transformation of the world that happens in the month of December. Mm-hmm. Elves and the man in, in a big red coat. You know what I mean? Like we have this like symbol that exists and it actually becomes a real thing in the world. Okay. It, it like, it takes over people's minds and actions in a, it, for a whole month. Okay. It has this massive cultural impact. And okay. all of that is related to words, words on paper, words passed from one person to another. Mm-hmm. That is power. That's, that is magic. And yeah, there are unintended consequences of that. <laughs> you know, I have a hard time with the consumeristic aspect of, of Christmas. That's one of the big challenges for me. I love the family part. Love that. Mm-hmm. The presence part. Oof, I got a hard time with it. The stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's, I mean, that's my own ethic. But here we have, like, what I'm saying is there is an unintended consequence. Like, if you look at it from an environmental perspective and you really care about the environment, look at all the, the packaging that goes into all of those presents. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like, families have big bags of garbage that are just literally the wrapping to things. That doesn't even count yeah. any of the garbage that goes inside the thing. Yeah. Right? And that all happens from, like, the accidental unintended consequences of a spell that is cast mm-hmm. because of, you know, the desire for one part of the spell. And we don't think about all of the different aspects. So that's the other yeah, part of the mindset that I want to, I want to invite people. And this part of what the mastery, like the, the decision to become a master, to practice these things and to really be in the wisdom of it. Right. Cause again, the spell book is there. And now imagine that spell book is infinite because you have AI, you have Google, you have all, all of the knowledge of the world is now available at the push of a button to anybody who asks for it. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with that? Yeah. Right. Where's the wisdom? How do we embody that wisdom? And so I really think that, that, that this is a, this an important part. And it's also an important part if you want to access the true powers of magic in the world. Mm-hmm. So I guess one thing that I'm seeing right now is when, because I think that magic is happening all the time. Maybe it's not always intentional, but we have behaviors and ways of thinking about things. And then that has impact on the world and what we're able to do and to varying degrees of proficiency or all these things and I think that sometimes we get in these patterns where we're kind of running the same like spells over and over again without mm-hmm. realizing that we're in the driver's seat because we're not consciously casting a spell and then we're having these results happen around us and then feeling really frustrated that things are happening to us right and so I, I just love inviting people into thinking like okay if if I wanted to uh, like if there was some recipe that I wanted to follow, there are like these steps, these various knowledge that wants to happen about how ingredients work, et cetera, et cetera. And you can enhance your mastery. But the same thing is possible in our world. It's not just about making a cake at the end. It's like, well, when I talk to people, how likely are they to then want to reach back out to me? Or when I'm talk to them, how likely are they going to want to buy the thing that I'm offering? Can I cast a vision for them that's so exciting and enroll them and all of the principles and sub skills 
and how words work, et cetera, all of that goes into the magic spell. And I think that we can just really be designing those with intention and improve our mastery. Yeah. And, and practicing them too, right? Because that's the other thing is like, it's so funny. I just, uh, I was playing this VR game, uh, Orbis Reborn or whatever. And in it, you, you actually like, you have a wand and in order to like cast spells, it's not just like you're pressing a button. You actually have to like trace a rune in the air and it has to be like pretty close to perfect in order for the spell to, to go off. Right. And it's so interesting that, that the dimension that, that, that adds to the game, because there is actually like a trial and error of like getting closer and closer and approaching the the way that it works and i think that if we think about the spells that we cast with our language the spells that we cast with our actions that way that we're like trying to create a result and then we're trying to modulate our language and our actions Mm -hmm. in order to create that thing and then we either create the spell or we don't right and so we either create the result the change in the world that we want to see or we don't but then we can take we can do something with it we can iterate we can like did i have that spell Mm -hmm. right am i Am I understanding the, the fundamental principles right here in order for, to get the result that I'm looking for? So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but then this is like make-believe as well. And what I want to say about make-believe is that I think another inadvertent connotation that sometimes the idea of make-believe has is that it's juvenile. Because at some point we're kids and the world is full of infinite possibilities and we don't understand the rules enough to know what isn't possible or what isn't realistic or whatever. And then as adults, we buy into a belief that that's like child's play, that there's a real world and then there's an imaginary world. And I think that when we have that connotation, we're discounting um, our access or we're cutting ourselves off from access of just like stepping into a world where it it is imaginary and we can design it and it isn't juvenile that we are powerful. And I think it comes from a place of kind of pain, like having ideas about how the world will work and then not being able to have the kind of impact or get success right away. And so then in order to feel better about our kind of lack of expertise, we just decide, oh, this is how the world is. And we Mm. jump into a different make-believe to alleviate the pain and suffering of not being there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and not for nothing, it's really difficult to do these things. So if you feel that way, like you're, you haven't done anything wrong, you know what I mean? Totally. Everything's okay. What we're, what we're trying to do in this conversation is open up the possibility that maybe there's another way yeah. to cast the spells in your reality. I like to think of the words that we use as casting spells. For me, it's like a fun a fun game that I play. Like it, whether it's wor- psychological principles or magical principles, it doesn't matter if, if you really like can't get past the magic idea. Although I will say, I got to mention Onward, this movie Onward. If you haven't seen it, it's really awesome. But the whole premise of the oh, story is that, great is that they live in a world where magic actually exists. Real magic, like spells and all that stuff really exists. But technology also evolved and magic's really hard to learn and so like nobody practices magic anymore and everybody just lives in this like very mundane existence there's like elves and pixies and all this other stuff but like nobody really does magic because it's so hard to to learn right and uh and i mean it's just like it's really funny it provides a lot of gags throughout the throughout the movie but i think what's really interesting about that is that that is kind of the world that we live in is that like we really do i mean strong the forces that hold together our bodies chemistry biology physics like these things are insane i mean it's a it's amazing the world that we live in yeah. and you just and yet we're it's the world that we've always lived in and so we think of it in very mundane terms and yet like electricity what 
what is electricity? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, it, it is so crazy, the kinds of things that exist. And then we take them for granted because they've always existed. I've literally never lived in a world where technologies didn't exist that I would have no idea how to create if it were up to me to create them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like very simple things. I'd have no idea how to create them if it were up to me. Yeah. Like, I could handle fire. Yeah. yeah, I could do fire. And I could probably get firewood if I had some tool, but I don't know how to metal work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, yeah. I vaguely know the principles of it. Kind of. I could I, I could figure it out, but I don't know if I'd figure it out fast enough to have a fire ready for dinner. You know what I mean? And so it's just like really interesting that we live in this world where all of these cool things are possible and we kind of treat them as mundane all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of what I think is really interesting about this conversation is to just spark to life the idea of magic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what if magic actually does exist and you just haven't figured out how to use it practically yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also want to invoke the experience of stepping into make believe and that it is really fun. Like, we have movies that we watch and video games that we play and all of these different, like, we've been playing those little murder mystery boxes. So, yeah. hunt a killer, hunt a killer is what they're called. And like yeah. stepping into this reality where this thing, we're just pretending for a while that it's real. And then we get to have this really delightful experience yeah. as a result. And so I think it's also a really um, amazing tool to just control or like manage our state. You know, like if you want to feel a different way, like step into a different make-believe reality. And I yeah. think that that's just like really fun. Yeah. And focus on it. And I just like, and and is it as easy as understanding it? No. Knowledge is just the spell book, right? Like you've got to understand how to actually cast the spell. And so that's going to take some figuring out of like, how do you actually come to make believe? Now, I like that you pointed out all these things because we have lots of practice doing it. We have make believe with movies. We have make believe with video games. We have make believe with board games, with stories around a fire. Like we, we, you have a lot of experience of suspending disbelief, Mm -hmm. right? And that is in and of itself, that is a power because you can use that. In what a superpower, really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. To suspend disbelief. Like, what if, what yeah. if it were possible? What if it were possible? And then look at all the flight. I, I, I'm always talking about flight because <laughs> I just think it's such a cool example of magic, actual real world magic that some people sat down and they did the disciplined work to try to get that spell to work. Right. And now we fly, we fly all over the world all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. So that's, so that's magic part one. There's, I think there's principles of magic that we could talk about. There's so many different ways of looking at this, but I do think, um, big takeaways, magic, we can live in a world where we can choose to believe in magic. Okay. So we've given you lots of reasons to believe in magic today, but I want to advocate for its practice for the disciplined approach to the cultivation of skill around magic so that you don't okay. accidentally burn yourself with the power mm-hmm. of fire. Yeah. And I would just like to emphasize the idea of practice because um, if you haven't figured it out the first time, then it requires like staying in the suspension of disbelief long enough to keep trying it until you can figure it out. Right. Like if you want some kind of result in the world, it is possible. And somebody has done it before. It's definitely possible. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And if somebody hasn't done it yet, it still could be possible. Like we used to think that flight wasn't possible. 
Exactly. And so using the suspension of disbelief, I think, is a superpower. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like level one spell, right? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like trying yeah. to figure out how to di- how to not disbelieve things, how to how to believe in the possibility of it, and then um, yeah. and then patience, patience with the practice of totally. magic, right? If you're going to have yeah. access to the fundamental forces of the universe, is it worth totally. waiting a little bit in stillness? Because yeah. maybe that's part of the spells. You see that in the Hermetic principles. Uh, we have the principle yeah. of vibration and polarity, right? And so for like okay. active force, it requires passive force. We see this in life all over the place. You always have this like oscillation between an on state and an off yeah. state. We'll talk about that in a different podcasts, but you can take my word for it right now. Um, yeah. But what does it mean to be in stillness, to be in waiting as you cultivate right. the powers of your own magic? So Yeah. And I think the last tip here is to really appreciate the mundane and understanding the magic within the mundane. Like it's not insignificant that we can walk around the world and have conversations with people and those the fact that we were able to develop that is really magical really if you think about it it's all unconscious now we don't have to think about it that hard but it's magic right like i mean casting spells it's so interesting i was thinking about this when i was walking last night it's like oh you don't think magic is real ask a loved one to get you a glass of water Right. You you speak some words and then watch water appear in the world yeah, right. for you. Right. Like, I mean, that is so freaking cool. And yet it's, it can sound so mundane. And yet it really I mean, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the power of like spell casting in the world. Like it's a very obvious way that we can create change in the world through our spoken word. Now, imagine that you could also apply that to yourself and the way that you see the world and your sense data and all of that other stuff. And now we're getting into really, really cool territory. So. Uh, enjoy your practice of magic. If you have any questions or any any of this really sparked interest, reach out to us in the DMs in Instagram, I think would be a great place to have this conversation. Uh, I would love to hear what are your thoughts about magic? Did you, if, for those of you who were puked in your mouth a little bit, did you do you buy magic? Do you get a little bit more of a view or is there still meat left on the bone? Uh, and for those of you who already were open to magic, what's something that you'll take away? How would you like to practice? What's, what's one way that you can initiate yourself into magic today? Uh, really interested to hear how that all goes. And, uh, Thanks for listening, Paige. Thanks for the great conversation. Live your freedom. Love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, The Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love.
See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.